0: Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40 In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are What you're capable of And what you really want But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge Especially when old narratives play on repeat Liberty Road is here to share stories So that you can consider your possibilities Pursue your purpose And move into your future with intention I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty Road listeners. Welcome to another episode of this podcast where we are interviewing women 40 and older and talking about all the awesome things they're doing in midlife. And this interview is no exception. We have with us Rachel Hughes of the Menno Memos. I'm going to have to say that slowly every time. (laughs) Rachel, welcome. Thank
1: you so much for having me, Neda. It's so nice
0: to meet you. Absolutely. So great to meet you. So just tell our listeners a little bit about what the Menno Memos is. Sure,
1: sure. Um, So just after lockdown, I decided to focus on this platform and I was sort of, you know, I, I recognize I was deep into perimenopause at that time and I was looking around and sort of futzing around on Instagram and trying to find women who had things to say about how we were all doing and thought at some point that the pool, if you will, mm-hmm. of midlife women speaking specifically about perimenopause and menopause was sort of lacking in diversity and I thought and of course that wasn't true and I came to learn that that wasn't true as I sort of dove deeper on sure. into the platform and you know established this niche and found other people uh, who were also thinking and feeling the same thing but I I thought that I might be someone who could step in and sort of share my piece of the pie, if you will, and ask questions and find out information and share the little that I knew about hormones and midlife and all of that.
0: And and it's interesting. And just to Let our listeners know, you talk about both peri and menopause. I do. On your platform. Yeah, I think that's important because some of us don't know where we actually are. You think you're one thing and then you find out at some point you're you're not. But it's definitely something we're stepping into that we know very little about. I mean, you just said that you knew a little about, but I would say most of us don't know much about it and don't have the education that we had about- puberty. Yes. It's like, there's no class. There's no lesson. There's no, yes. we're not watching the dorky video. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's such a wide gap, actually, yeah. really. And when you think about these moments in a woman's life that she's more or less learned about, either personally or just because that's, you know, she's she's got friends, she's got family yeah. who who begin to menstruate and then maybe have a pregnancy. And, and then things kind of just stop in the conversation. And again we are all sort of breaking that open yeah. right by yeah. being so vocal i think we're you're younger than i but i think that we're certainly the, no i'm not you're not <laughs> no you're <I'm> not, not. <laughs> i can't believe it no. um but we're certainly the first generation to be so vocal about this time of life and what it might look like and how it yeah. feels and how we can make it better and how we can sort of Put a stamp on another season of life and recognize that it's certainly not the end of anything other than our fertility, but there's so much more to talk about and so much more time ahead.
0: Yeah. And and it's interesting too, that you said, you know, when you first started looking around the internet, when you first got the idea that you wanted to learn things yourself, and then wait a minute, I'm not finding the representation that I think might be necessary, or I'm just not finding information that's given to me in a way that I want to consume. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way about talking to women about, doing new things, starting mm. new things, launching new things mm. in midlife. I'm not seeing what I want to see, mm-hmm. so I created it. Yes, And so that's the same for you. Yes. What What made you, and, and I mean this um, with all due respect, but what made you think you could do this or mm-hmm. you were the person for the job? Because I think our listeners are wondering if they're the person for whatever their respective job is.
1: Oh, that's such a good question. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing made me think anything. I I tell you, when I first thought about sort of opening this up and and starting a blog, I thought that I might sort of bridge this piece or add this piece about nutrition specifically and perimenopause and menopause. I had worked with a functional medicine practitioner and I worked primarily with chronic pain patients And everyone who walked in the door was suffering from inflammation pretty significantly. And he and I together determined that nutrition was a piece that was largely missing in their treatment. And I sort of took over that part of his practice under his umbrella. So I'm not a registered dietitian. I was very fortunate to work with someone who really kind of pulled me in and allowed me to get my certification and sort of study and practice under him. Yeah. But I really felt as I was experiencing my own symptoms that I was able to mitigate a lot of things by looking at what I was consuming Mm -hmm. in all regards. So not just with food, but also lifestyle and what I was watching and what I was reading and what I was listening to. And I thought, I have a better day when I'm more aware of what I'm consuming and what I'm omitting. And if I can bring that piece to the discussion around perimenopause and menopause, it might be helpful. With that said, in response to your question, because I am not a clinician, I didn't feel like I really had anything to offer other than really wanting to be a friend in the room yeah you know it was funny too because I, i i recognized that in spending time with girlfriends and family members i was talking about the same things all the time or they were asking me about you know for input about food and nutrition and wellness and these kinds of things so clearly it was natural to me and it was of interest to me and that's how people sort of identified me as being that friend and i just thought you know why not and and i yeah. will say if i had thought about it more i made i may have talked myself out of it but <laughs> but it was like life was so crazy you know and and difficult and and remained so in many regards but it it just kind of gave me a focus and yeah. something that that i enjoyed and i i, I know we're going to talk about this in more depth but i i cannot stress enough how important it is that you know, for a woman in midlife who's got a, a calling, if for lack of a better word, or a, a feeling about something, an interest, a passion, to take that another step and another step and another step. Yeah. Um, Amen. You, you know, you just got to yeah. do it.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that you said, if I thought about it more, I may not have done it. Because often we just say, just start. Yeah. Just start, it'll work itself out. The details will all come together when you are confronted with the actual problems versus the problems you're making up in your head before you start. So Just, just, just take action.
1: I have to say of all the women I've spoken to, because I do ask this question not as well yeah. as you did, but that's sort of like, what advice would you give? You know, Every yeah. single woman I've spoken to says, just do it, just do it, just do it. Whatever the it is, just take a step into it. And yeah, it was encouraging to me personally, you know, it helps me sort of keep going, but I I think we we need to hear it more.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and that's the, the intention even of this podcast is for women to hear over and over and over how other women did it and that you can do it. And we, you know, our tagline is consider your possibilities. Like you hear these things and then you sort of wonder to yourself, wait, what does that mean for me and how do I actualize the things that are that I feel called toward? Yeah, you know, something you tapped into earlier. I want to make one point here. You said that you're not a registered
1: dietitian. dietitian
0: but you have a designation. You're a certified nutritional consultant, consultant? Mm-hmm. coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're not just making stuff up. No. This comes <laughs> no. with lots of experience. Yes. I want our listeners to know that that you're you you used your history and a career that you had come from and continue to come from to really start to delve into a new area and to, and you, you know, to create a new platform. So I think that's something that's important for, mm. for everyone to Thank hear. You. It's true. Yeah. And then the other thing is I wanted to back up and talk about the representation piece. Sure. And you said, I, you know, I didn't find my voice being a, uh, kind of included in the mm-hmm. space. And then, and you said later, you came to find out there were other mm-hmm, voices, mm-hmm. but that's often the case mm-hmm. when we first start learning about something. Why did you think that was, I mean, I think we know the answer, but I want to know your answer. Why did you think that was so important?
1: There's this global population and half of us are going to enter menopause, should we be <laughs> lucky enough to to live that long? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know the percentage, but many of us are not white. And yes. I, I think it is long overdue that all kinds of uh, you know, different looking people with different mm-hmm. kinds of backgrounds be at the table sharing in the discussion. Everyone has something to contribute. Everyone has something to learn. And it's just... It's just overdue. With that said, I also was, because I'm interested in science and sort of how we can improve or worsen our symptoms pertaining to to this specifically, I have a whole slew of genetic predispositions, primarily from my father's side of the family, who is West Indian. And I have known and spoken to and been around many many women black women who are suffering more for any number of reasons in this season of life and I wasn't hearing enough about it so you know when I when I opened a book on nutrition or in people that I follow on social media platforms who were also talking about perimenopause and menopause I wasn't hearing that piece of it I don't have all of the answers, but I think that just having a different face in the room at the very least commands that people shift focus even a little bit um, even if it means you know having to raise your hand a little louder or you know introducing something into the conversation that maybe you know wasn't being spoken about before, so I felt like. You know, I entered into perimenopause at, I think, 43. It may have been a little sooner. I'm about nine years in now. And it's a long time. (laughs) And I know that that, you know, I've come to learn that anywhere from five to 10 years is the average. But were my symptoms worse? Um, Are my predispositions, uh, those that are sort of genetically stamped, making this season any more difficult than another? Where are other women who are going through the same thing? All of these things were things that I was thinking about. And I thought, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to do what I can to to enter into the conversation and, and bring it up where I see fit.
0: And I'm glad you did. I asked that question, and it wasn't meant to be a, a trick question. No, no. It was meant for people to hear and understand why is it so important that given a similar topic, we bring ourselves to that topic and we bring all of ourselves Mm -hmm. and whatever that means so that other people who are more similar to us in whatever way can hear things in a way that they wouldn't have otherwise, can understand things, can relate to things in a way that they wouldn't have otherwise. And I think it's important for, again, for the listeners to hear that their point of view matters. It doesn't matter if people, you know, I hear people say all the time, it's a very crowded space, whatever their respective space is. Mm -hmm. And that may be the case, but there's only one you that brings that point of view to that industry, to Mm -hmm. that conversation, to that whatever. Mm -hmm. So I wanted you to, to share with us your why, because I think it helps inform ours. And I loved when you said, you talked about consuming, not just food, but the things that you were doing with your day, the conversations that you were having, the things that you were watching and listening to. I think what a great way to think about consumption and mm-hmm. how that impacts us. Tell us a little bit more about your platform, really, as you said, You know, kind of started in the blog space, but as I'm, I've done my research mm-hmm. here, Rachel, <laughs> and you really you, the platform, it seems that you're utilizing the most is Instagram. I mean, you are really making a dent in that space. What made you really focus on that particular platform over a blog on your website or whatever else?
1: I really, I have to say, I am going to pivot back more to my blog because I do kind of miss it, Mm -hmm. but I'm changing it. So Uh We can look Stay for tuned. that. Stay tuned. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it is just the platform that I sort of find most comfortable. Mm-hmm. I am on Facebook. I rarely post. Again, I'm just sort of re-pushing that button. Yeah. But I just felt like Instagram was a was a place where I could, you know, drop some knowledge, solicit conversation. And again, once I sort of learned and discovered people who were more or less in my niche it became easier for me to function on that platform i know there are people out there who and i would say this also to 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 people one of my most significant symptoms is brain fog mm-hmm. which has been interesting and lethargy and sort of lack of focus i would not encourage anyone to take on more than they feel they could handle, Mm. especially if their approach is to kind of just be another voice who steps into a conversation about whatever it is, is of particular interest to you. It can be overwhelming. And if you begin to think of it as a job, which I do now, it's, it's a job, it's work, and it's time consuming. And it can be a real time drain. If you are not, I think, sharp and efficient and fluid on various platforms. And I know there are people who, you know, have a team and so they're able to like really maneuver all of it, but that is not my case. So I I just felt like Instagram was a place where I could drive my car basically yeah. more or less and, and keep the reins on it. Yeah.
0: I appreciate so much the the brain fog piece of it and, and just the lack of focus, I have found myself saying both to myself mm-hmm. and to other women that it's, it's a particularly complicated season because I think we, we, what we thought menopause was and Perry was, you know, Hot flashes. We Mm -hmm. heard about those Mm -hmm. and we heard, and we knew that we were eventually not going to have our period. Mm -hmm. Like those were the two things I kind of knew. I dismissed the brain fog as being like a, it just kind of happens every once in a while and we assign it to this peri or menopausal condition, but it's not, it's not really a thing. Mm -hmm. There's not really a disruption that's going on. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It is in fact a very real thing. And I appreciate you saying, as you step into this season of perhaps starting something and launching something, really consider what your capacity is to do that thing and to do it well, because yeah. that's all of our intentions is to do it well and and limit your output to match your capacity. And I think what's what's brilliant about that is when it gives us permission, To do that one thing well. But two, I think it helps us to take ourselves and our bodies much more seriously when we're in that space.
1: I could not agree with you more. I am such an advocate for respecting and regarding where we are Hmm. now. I think that is one of the most glorious things about this season of life is Not just this kind of like, you know, I'm over it and I can say no. And there's all of that, of course. But I mean a real true experience around Mm self-care
0: and acknowledging
1: that rest is so significant. It's so necessary. And if you need permission to rest, you have it. Right. We we all get what that means and what that's about and how important it is for each one of us. And now is a time, I think, of renewal and and rest and sort of reemergence eventually, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, if it means that you are sort of quietly launching another career or you are doing absolutely nothing or you are yeah. working on your health, or whatever it is, it's a real time to sort of be brewing, you know, yeah. and it needs to happen. There has been so many years of working and sort of energy output that mm-hmm. we all have, have spent, have lived. And again, you know, if you're lucky enough to make it this long, you know, we're looking at another 30 plus years, many of us, it's a long time. It's a long time. time. And, but it, it also, it requires, I think, sort of like, you know, turning down the dial so that we can ramp it up when we, when we want.
0: Yeah. There's, Two things strike me here. One is there's a great podcast that Glennon Doyle just did, yes, and I she talks hear about, about this season. I never she heard She talks heard. about the yeah, pause, really. And I posted it in my stories in our, you know, the the Liberty Road stories a couple days ago. But go find that. I will. And she uses a, I don't know if it's a Greek term or a Hebrew ter- term, but she uses a term to talk about this season of pause. Yeah. The other thing that strikes me is have you seen that it's sort of a meme that's going around, but it's a picture of the Sex in the City women mm. next to the a picture of the Golden Girls? No. And they're the same ages.
1: Oh, really? They're oh. the same ages. <laughs> that's fascinating. Isn't that
0: fascinating? Yes, yes, so as we enter this second half where we're looking at reimagining, reemerging, rethinking what's next for us, there was not that long ago a time when we looked at this season as it kind of, we'd gone up this hill and now we're going literally yeah. down this hill. We're yeah. descending. So we didn't need to consider things like brain fog and lethargy and things like that as anything more than like, I'm just slowing down. Yeah. At, right? As yeah. opposed to like, oh, this is a an issue. This kind of thing is happening to my body and I need to pay attention to it in order for me to reimagine and Mm reemerge. I'm not just slowing down and then I go to sleep forever. Yeah, no,
1: I love that image. It's so funny. We we hear this word all the time, perimenopause and menopause and sort of reframing it as a real time of pause. It's not the end of anything, again, other than our fertility, but it is a time to perhaps tap the brakes and home in on ourselves in a very sort of tender way. I look at this time as a a very tender time because there's a, there is a lot of loss, you know, of of, a number of things, you know, those of us maybe who, like myself, who have adult children, you know, there's sort of like a, that's over, you know, that season is over. My fertility's over. I think that's something that I don't hear a lot of women talk about. And it's, for some people, it's, it's bittersweet that, that that season is over. For others, it's like, thank God that's over. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> done with that crap, you know? And I, I get yeah. both of them, but it, it's also, I think, critically, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, but I, I do think it, this is this time to sort of take advantage of, the, of this pause, this language that you use, yeah. that she used, and sort of work on our... Um, emotional selves, our mental selves, our behaviors. It's like a real, it's a nice time to do that. Take stock.
0: Yeah. And I would say, and from that becomes a well in which we can do other things. Like for me, the pause is true. I mean, it's so cliche, the second half, the second act, but it truly is that because we actually have a ton of information. We have a ton of experience. We have a ton of hopefully wisdom and knowledge, and it's a great place to birth other things. Our fertility may be gone, but our ability to birth other things is not,
1: right? Love it. Not not by any
0: stretch. So you create this, essentially this community of women that are all really listening and paying attention to you and the guests that you have on your platform. What has that meant to you to create that community? And has that taken on kind of a life of its own from you sort of tinkering around during, you know, a pandemic to all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, yeah. I have an audience yeah. and I'm official I'm an official voice now in this yeah. space.
1: I'm still sort of maybe getting that. I, I feel yeah. like I, you know, I don't have the biggest platform at all, the biggest yeah. audience, I guess. And I feel very strongly that. I am sort of finding my voice still in terms of kind of staying in my lane, you know, and by that I mean being authentic to who I am and, you know, the people who want to be there and listen to what I have to say will be there and others won't. And, you know, again, like social media can kind of be this weird place where you're maybe trying to figure that out. You know, do I... Do I want as wide a net as possible or do I want the right net? And I just felt still that I really just wanted my people, you know, and I wanted it to be as authentic as I was trying to be on the platform. But with all of that said, yes, so it feels a little more like, I want to get stuff right. I really want to get stuff right, but that's nice. I I, I like it. I take it very seriously. Yeah. And the women I've met, the sort of relationships, even though I haven't necessarily met everyone that I that I've you know met in my DMs, it's it's very special to me. You know, I really I appreciate it very much, and I take it seriously.
0: Yeah, there's something about that that n- narrow or. Um, more niche community or audience, uh, whether you're talking to these people or you're serving these people, that concentration of like minds is so much more powerful than a diluted, you know, I I get this image of like a dye in the tiny, tiny pool of water and that same drop of dye in a a bigger mass of water. It loses its color.
1: I think so. I don't know. I mean, I see some people do it, and they seem to have it like really down well, yeah. and it's impressive, you know. And I, I try and learn from some of that, but I also, I feel like you know, I'm I'm just going to keep kind of doing what I'm doing until it feels right to shift things a yeah. little bit.
0: I have to ask you because I I think listeners are listening to this and saying, okay. So Rachel started this during a pandemic. She wanted to have this conversation. She wanted to hear other people having this conversation and turn it into more of a dialogue. Did you intend for it to be a profitable endeavor? Was this like you said earlier, I'm treating it as work? And sometimes when we do these things, we treat it as work for 2 years but we know we're not going to make any money in that 2 year period or yeah. 5 years. Yeah. I mean, I've heard all sorts of stories. How did you enter it and how did how are you seeing it now?
1: I would love to earn off of my platform. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much that can happen until yeah. I stepped into it. Yeah. And I think if you've got something and you are Dedicated to it and you believe in it and you have a plan, by all means, this platform is a great one. With that said, I pretty quickly, because I'm not going to lie, when I first jumped on and I was sort of thinking about, oh, I could talk about nutrition and I, you know, blah, and how I'm mitigating this and by doing that. And I pretty quickly learned I didn't want to dive into that because I Mm -hmm. felt like. Who am I? You know, I've worked with chronic pain patients. I've sort of managed myself. I've given advice to friends, but that's very different than walking into the office of a registered dietitian who can do all kinds of testing and go through it with you and be very specific. I didn't want that kind of responsibility and liability around people's health. So I felt like diving deep into trying to sell a nutrition plan was it was going to it was going to make me nuts and it was going to make me feel nervous. It was going to mm-hmm. make me feel worried about people's health. Like I just didn't want to mess around with it. Sure. And I also, you know, things were sort of weaving in and out at the same time. I really thought that it was important to kind of keep flushing out the discussion, both for myself and for the women who I, you know, started to attract and find. And so I didn't want to give up on it. It yeah. just, I was i was aware that what my initial sort of desire was needed to, to shift if I was going to stick it out. And And it did because I was shifting. So I really just kind of took from my own experience, from my own, you know, who do I want to be now? And and mm-hmm. where am I going in my life? And, and what's happening to me? And how am I feeling? And why am I feeling that way? All of those questions were questions that I just wanted to pose out into the, the ethos. And that's what I did. And it started to just kind of grow from there. And the more that I stayed in my lane in terms of like, okay, is this really right? Is this really what feels true for me? The more my community grew. yeah. And then if I can pivot to this, yeah. you know, I ha- was on Instagram. It was very pretty early, like in the first few months. And I heard from the founder of the Perry community who yeah. reached out and said, I like your stuff. And do you want to do like these little like one or two minute videos for us? Because she was really devoted to establishing a community of women around the issue of perimenopause. Like community is her thing. That is, that is the word of Perry. That is what they aim to do. They're creating this sisterhood. That is their language. So I did that really early on. And it was like, you know, goofy and nervous. And I didn't know what I was saying and what I was doing. And I didn't know how to like hit the, you know, start a video. It was like ridiculous. I've been there. Oh my gosh. And then I, so they have a Facebook community, a private Facebook community. And I, you know, many months into knowing Laura Crane, I was scrolling through their Facebook community. And I saw that like every five to 10 scrolls, there would be sort of a new batch of women who had joined the community and were asking all the same questions, you know, about mm-hmm. libido, about hormone replacement, about fatigue, about mood, all kinds of things. And I thought, gosh, you know what? They should do like a they should have like a video library, right? So that you could go on to their Facebook community or their app or whatever, and if you were interested in hearing from someone about libido, you had an interview to watch. So I took it to Laura and I said, you guys should do this because I was thinking, Oh, maybe I'll start doing that. You know, like for my little platform. And I thought I I don't to getting back to my capacity to do something. I didn't feel like I, I knew what that all entailed. And I said, you guys should do this video library thing and blah, blah, And she said, "Uh, great. You want to do it? Yeah. (laughs) Careful what you wish for. Exactly. exactly. And I said, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Sure. Yeah.
0: And you still host those. They're called the Perry Talks, right?
1: I host those. Yep. Yep. Just getting back to sort of staying in your lane and knowing what, what you want and what's appropriate for you. I can't talk about. I only can talk to, to death about what I know, right? Sure. But I can't talk about everything. I don't know why libido changes happen. I don't, I can't speak about pelvic floor health, you know, hair loss. Like there are a million things that are happening with us that um, I, I can like throw out content, but it's, it's not, it's only meaningful to a point. So with Perry sort of behind the, the leading the charge really and behind the effort, um, we, we started to host these these interviews and it's great. And I feel like that's something I really like, I really enjoy. And just, just sort of getting back to your question about my audience um, and sort of what that means. This piece, this sort of bringing the conversation Two people who can educate has been really the most exciting and the most meaningful to me. And if my particular Memo Memo's audience, you know, is linked to all of these conversations and interviews and information, that makes me really really happy.
0: Sure, you remind me of a. It's a phrase that I've used f- for myself. Uh, uh, you know, in the I was a consultant for many years. I Just sunsetted that uh, career in December. And really, it was so I could focus on building this platform. Mm -hmm. But I had all this information and all this all these years of experience and yeah. listening to women and all of that, what do I do with that? And I kept using the term, I don't wanna be an expert, I wanna be a knowledge broker.
1: Mm, I it love sounds, that.
0: that sounds to me like what you're talking about. Yeah. And I bring that up again, so our listeners can understand, you can build something, you can create community around information that you're not an expert in. Absolutely. You can just be posing the questions. You can bring other experts into the space. And so you're hosting this space for us and you're holding this space for us to ask questions, to listen to the experts that you're bringing to the table, and we're building trust with you. Mm. So when we build trust with Rachel, then everything that Rachel is showing us, is pointing us to, is bringing us into, is based on our relationship and built trust with Rachel. And Mm. so that, that becomes your secret sauce. That becomes the thing that you're providing for the listener. So I, I think it's really important, as you describe, like i I wanted to stay in my lane. Mm. I knew enough to be dangerous, mm. but I did, but I wasn't an expert in the right. particulars of surrounding Perry and menopause. But I could add all of this information given my background, given what I was going through, given the conversations I was having with people. And you could still build something around that. I think it's really important for people to hear I love that. that part of your story.
1: And may I add just one other thing as I'm Please. listening to you and you're hitting so many notes so beautifully. I, I also, I really wanted to advocate for other people. I just mm. wanted to cheerlead for others, there are so many of us out here hustling hard, you know, doing really important things with a real heart to help others. And I felt like I want to hear from those people, you know, they're of interest to me and I can't imagine that they wouldn't be of interest to others. So that was the other piece, I think, for me is that, you know, I just... If I could shine a light on sort of what, what other people were doing that I thought was particularly exciting or meaningful or poignant or whatever it was, you know, inspirational, I, I wanted to be able to do that. And, and Perry, you know, Laura really sort of allowed that space to be carved out. And I'm grateful for that.
0: And she found you because of your presence, because of the presence that you built. Yes. And because you were so focused.
1: You're so nice. You're so, I I really appreciate you keep bringing it back to my successes. I really do. It's so nice to hear. Well, I I I am nice,
0: but that's not why I'm bringing it up. I, I think it's because I think, and and I'm going to ask you this question mm-hmm. in a second, but I want our listeners to really understand that you just started something. You didn't perfect it. You didn't know exactly what the end result was going to be. You just started. And by doing that, by taking the next best step, opportunity came your way. But the opportunity came your way because you were committed to what you were doing, right? Yeah. You could have been having conversations around perimenopause and menopause by posting a quote here and there about Mm -hmm. it and not taking it seriously. But you said it was work. I showed up, Mm -hmm. I did the work. I wasn't exactly sure where I was going with it. Not that you weren't being intentional, but it's a new space, it's Mm -hmm. a new platform. What do we do with Instagram? what do we do with our blogs? How do we build these communities? But you just kept showing up yeah. and kept doing what you knew how to do. And then other opportunities came your yeah. way. And I think it's, I just think it's really important for us to really grasp that because yeah. we can feel a little frozen and trapped. Absolutely. And I actually think that's a function. It's a human condition, it right? Is. That can happen. But I do think we can be even more aware of ourselves at this time in life. It feels like there's more to lose, right? Yeah. I'm an expert. I came from this career. Yeah. I was a hot shot. I don't want to start over. And it's limiting.
1: Yeah. It's interesting too, because I, I so resonate with what you're saying, this sort of paralysis, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's possible at this time of life. And, and you're making me think again of this, this idea I have of, of this being a sort of very tender time, because for, for many of us, our identities are, are maybe shifting. Or maybe we feel a little bit like we're floundering. Maybe we feel a little bit paralyzed. And I am not a risk taker by any stretch of the imagination. I, I'm, I'm not the kid who ever, you know, ran into the huddle or wanted to hit the pinata or, you know, like I wasn't the candy grabber, you know, I was the wall hugger. So (laughs) stepping into this, I can't emphasize enough how out of my comfort zone it was, Hmm. but I really wanted to talk about this. And I really wanted to see a brown face in the room talking about it. And I felt like, if nothing else, I was gonna I was gonna be that face. I was gonna yeah. be the one sort of bringing the conversation up again and again and again. And you know, it wasn't that it was like a particular passion of mine or anything like that. I, I think looking at that, if you're thinking about stepping into something or trying something new or revisiting something old that you loved, I don't think that necessarily has to be the thing. But I would say that whatever makes you curious yes. is really yeah. a key component. I yes. really wanted to learn. I really wanted to know what was going on with me. I wanted to know why you know my 15 symptoms were not like her 15 symptoms and what was going on with that. I wanted to know how women were doing and feeling. I, I read this uh article it was in New York Magazine a few years back and it was called Midlife Psychosis and it scared the crap out of me because it was about women whose lives were upended largely because their hormones were driving it and I thought holy crap this is huge and it's scary and it's fascinating and I want to know why this is going to happen and I want to know what I can do that it doesn't happen to me. Yeah. And so, again, like, I, I am not the psychiatrist, I am not the neurologist, but I am the person who recognizes how important it is that self-care really means something and how it looks varies from person to person, but the dedication to it, the commitment to it is critical, particularly now when, we may be feeling vulnerable, when yeah. we may be feeling uncertain, when, you know, anxiety may be creeping up. Anxiety was my first symptom and it hit me like a freaking freight train.
0: Because it was, it was new. It was, was hadn't. Oh,
1: no, I had, I had had depressive episodes as a younger person. Uh-huh. So this sort of feeling blue was not unfamiliar, but this, anxiety that would rear up out of nowhere seemingly. And I was just kind of like getting through a moment it was really threatening to me and and very scary. And I didn't know that was hormonal. I, I my mother actually was the one who said, you know, you should go see your gynecologist because you sound like you might be perimenopausal. And I'm so grateful for that, that I have a mom who's, you know, around and aware and yep. can speak to me that way and, um, you know, nudge me to take care of myself.
0: Yeah. Which you end up becoming Yes, in what you're doing in your p- platform yes. for those who don't have the mother who can yeah. s- who speak into their lives, for those who don't have the relationship with their mother right. that they yes. can talk about such a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of what you just said about this New Yorker article that you read versus you on a platform Mm -hmm. describing your symptoms. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to impact people and touch people in a very different way. So again, back to what I said about don't minimize how crowded a space might be when you have something unique to offer that space. I have to ask you because you really landed on Instagram being the platform of choice. and, And when I heard you say you'll be returning more to the blog, That's something that I think can be a hurdle to overcome for women who aren't not just not digital natives, but who really had an entire career that didn't need Instagram, that they didn't need to use it, they didn't need to utilize it for their success. And now you chose that platform. Was that, you know, and you said earlier, I had a hard time, what button to push yeah. and all that. How did you sort of overcome that piece of it? And and what do you want to say to women who are like, ah, I'm out. I'm not, I, I have no digital know-how.
1: You know, for me, again, I'm a learner. I'm, I'm a student and I investigated and I took a course a free course and sort of learned a little bit about like I didn't know an algorithm was a thing you know yeah. that that's where I first learned the word and I learned about hashtags I didn't know what a hashtag was I mean I really came in as a as a novice yeah but I wanted to know more so I sought I sought out a bit of an education you know All I can say is I I would just encourage you to think about and sort of regard how you want to learn. I think information is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And if you can educate yourself, you know, I did it as I was going along, you know, like my first 20 followers were people I knew, you know, course, or yes. like friends of people I knew. And and it sat that way for a long time. And as I was there and kind of like posting here and there, I was learning about consistency and I was learning about hashtags and I was learning about how to upload a post. And of course, Instagram is like this growing, breathing, changing yeah. thing. Like All oh, these platforms are And that's when I also realized, like, if I'm going to do this, I need to, you know, I can do my blog and I can focus on this Instagram thing. And that's all I can handle because I'm just not equipped enough for, for 50 other things. So, you know, I would say kind of regard and respect who you are as a a person interested in taking this one step further and decide what's comfortable for you. You know, some people love Facebook. They, it's like fluid and they speak Facebook and they, they do it, they do it all there. Stay there, you know, wherever you choose to be make what you want to sort of unravel happen there. And when you're ready or You know, if you want to kind of like toggle back and forth, if that's something that works for you, but like in all things, being consistent is the thing. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I I started my blog, I was stunned at how difficult it was for me to sit down and write three paragraphs. I was really, I think, struggling then with the brain fog and also sort of feeling pretty stressed like COVID and our... Our world, our country, like all of that was really, I think, impacting me, you know, not being employed. All of that was really, really stressful. So sort of homing in on the blog became more taxing than I thought. And but like, it was, it was in motion, like I started it as one thing. And then I thought, you know what, I love artists. And I'd love to feature women who are artists and show them and showcase them and do this Friday thing. And, you know, like all that. So I kind of got into that for a while, but it just became a, a drain for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it. So I stepped back from it. But the Instagram was something I felt like I could keep on top of and I was still enjoying it. And now I'm ready to kind of revisit the blog and change the blog because I have ideas about where I want it to go. Now it feels, you know, accessible to me and reasonable for me and enjoyable again. So I can do it. So I would say do it.
0: And, and it's back to the curiosity piece that you mentioned. It's, you know, that's where we sort of come to life. And it shows, it shows in the way we talk about things. Yeah. It helps with our consistency because yes. we want to be there. And then we can build from that. I mean, I say it to my kids. I have one in college and one, we just came back from a week of looking at colleges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I keep saying, don't worry about what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You actually yes. have no idea. Yes. Just just tell me what you're curious about. And that that's where you're going to light up. And I think it's the same advice that we should be giving ourselves. I love that. So thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. I have to ask you, what has launching the Menno Memos taught you about yourself?
1: It taught me that I can do something from start to a, I, I can't say a finish, yeah, but you not know, yet. It, yeah, yeah, not yet, But but I can put my mind to something, I can have a desire, I can exercise the steps that it takes to to get it to a point where it's, in this case, live. Hmm. And it proved to be something that I could do. And that was really important for me because I think at the time that I started it, I was feeling like I was floundering. And I was feeling like maybe regretful, remorseful, a loss about all of the, the, the paths, the roads not taken, Mm. I've had an incredible amount of opportunities come my way. And I look back and I think, oh gosh, Rachel, what, why did you say no? You know, why did you say yes? And that's hard to sit with. It's been sort of an exercise in processing and growth, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah. But it was something that was mine, you know, and I made a decision about it and I took steps to see it through. And I wasn't tapping the brakes because I had a feeling someone wanted me to. I wasn't doing anything other than taking ownership of this thing and having, sort of walking my way through, having it be reflective of me. And that was really, that's been very important for me.
0: Yeah. It sounds so liberating not to use an obvious word in this podcast. No, no, no. Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> it has been. It has been because I'm, I'm a real, you know, I'm a real people pleaser. I have been. And, and like I said, I have had really great opportunities come my way and fear sort of you know, brush them aside. And that's hard to sort of reach a point and look back and think, oh God, you know, wow, that was really, that was really a screw up. But, you know, we do the best we can with what we have. And, and it's never too late, you know, it's absolutely never too late. So. And
0: those, those things are, they, they end up being fuel. Yes. For the future. I mean, they can further arrest that development or they can be utilized as energy and and power to to move us forward. Um, So there's something good about, I think we are afraid to sit in any regret, Mm. but I think it can be a healthy and motivating Mm. tool if used in the right way.
1: I love that. Thank you for saying that. I think that's so true. I think we are afraid of sitting in regret, but it need not be that way.
0: No, I don't think so. And I, I think so much of what's happening in midlife mm. is that confusion mm-hmm. of what could have been and what what isn't and what wasn't mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. perhaps what may never be until we really understand that we have more power in that future narrative than, than we may have thought. It's not it's not over. No. It's not only never too late, but it's not over. No. I've said this before. If you woke up today, it's not over.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's more, there's oh, more so to go. True. Yes.
0: What a gift to have this conversation with oh, you, Rachel. Thank, thank you, you so much, it. but you're not off the hook. I'm I here. I'm ready. Our fast five that I have to ask you. So okay. what's a favorite... Uh, and this could be a, around peri or menopause, or this could just be a daily practice of yours as a nutritionist or yeah. otherwise, as a, yeah. as a certified nutritional consultant. consultant. Yeah. I wanna get it right. <laughs> so what's a favorite hack or practice, maybe a book, something that you have been doing that you would like to share with our female yeah. friends over 40 on this podcast?
1: So, you know, my response is a little boring, yeah. but again, consistency is key. Yeah. Nourishing foods, rest, hydration, movement, you know, sort of mental care, right? So if that's meditation for you, if that's taking a walk out in nature, whatever that looks like for you to dial up or down as you need, carving out time for that is critical. Again, you know, I keep using this phrase, but this is this tender time, right? It's like yeah. it's like having you know a, a baby, right? It, it's it's gentle, and it's and it's it needs all that it needs, and we need all that we need, and we're looking at hopefully, you know, we're thinking about longevity and and health and many many years ahead, and these are my tools. You know, these this is I will always springboard from the kitchen. And what, what I feed myself, what I nourish myself with, and the things that I encourage others to nourish themselves with are things that are good for every body.
0: Yeah. And we can get uh, many, or you, our listeners, can get many of these tips on the Menno Memos yeah, Instagram. Absolutely.
1: I talk about it all the time.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you have a lot of good information there. So this one's a little bit more playful. What's your favorite ice cream flavor?
1: Strawberry. Okay. <laughs> it would have to be strawberry. I, I mean, I think I could, I wish, I, maybe like Cherry Garcia, but.
0: Oh, I, that's a good one. It's But, so but strawberry is a good, like, really good strawberry ice cream is kind what? of hard to beat. I mean, I'm a coffee gal, coffee okay. ice cream. coffee But great. I love a good strawberry ice cream with real bits of strawberries. Thank so you. So I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. And then what what is sort of your, or has been your favorite thing about this particular season of life?
1: I think I'm sort of like, I envision myself sort of like coming together. Maybe, you know, this word alignment, as I said, like sort of being a, a, a someone who was a real people pleaser, I was not in alignment with myself, mm-hmm. right? I didn't even know that word or we use it a lot now, so... I hesitate to, to sort of jump on that wagon, but that's how it feels. Like, you know, there's, these parts of me are sort of squared up. Now I used to be somebody who followed every expectation and rule and then like had a big rebellious moment, you know, like, like Rachel did that, you know, it was, it was (laughs) that it was, that was shocking. And now I, I just am I'm much, much clearer about who I am, and I am not in in a position of apology all the time. And that, you know, again, to use your word, is liberating. It's freeing, and and it's freeing in a way that isn't necessarily dramatic. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I feel. This is how I'm going to explain myself. This is me. And therefore it feels right. And things come because of it, you know, And, and perhaps things I'm not even aware of don't come my way, but I, I consider that probably a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in maybe a word or two, if you were to give advice to your younger self about stepping into midlife and about what midlife might be, what would you say?
1: This is such a good question. I would, again, from my practical springboard, I would definitely think of getting my blood sugar under control. As Mm -hmm. as silly as that sounds, it's Mm -hmm. critical, and it becomes really important in midlife. I would remind myself to say yes more and to say no more. Practice both of those things over and over and over again and know that any direction I step in I can pivot from. Yeah. And I think that's important for us to know now. Things can feel like the end. And you know, look, I it, there are all kinds of circumstances, right? And if you say yes to I don't know, a job, right? You're like you're expected to show up on Monday and that's that's a certain kind of commitment. But you know, saying yes to an experience, I think is what I mean or no to an experience is mm-hmm. is something that I would have told my younger self. And I would have said, you have great intuition and listen to it.
0: Rely on it. Yeah. yeah that's good. Sure. Good thing to be telling. A good reminder to be telling my kids that. Right. Um, and the last question is, how has launching this venture liberated you?
1: You know, at the risk of sounding redundant, I, I think I just, I, have learned to kind of trust myself Mm. more. You know, I'm not sort of under the thumb of what I have projected to be other people's expectations. And, And I've really sort of come to discover that many of us are feeling the same wants, the same desires, experiencing the same hurdles Maybe not all in the same way, but we truly are not alone. And that's been a nice thing to discover. Not that I thought that I was alone and I am an introvert and I'm someone who doesn't get lonely. Like it's not about sort of, you know, the numbers of us, sure. but that we have so much in common despite our differences. And I think really a desire from certainly all that that I've seen to come alongside one another and, you know, ramp each other up and I love that. And, And so for me, it's been liberating to sort of, again, trust myself enough to play my part, you know, stay in my lane, discover what that is, and have it matter to anybody That's, that's been something.
0: And it does matter. It does matter. And thank you for sharing what matters to you with us. Thank and for you. taking this time with us today. It's a pleasure to get to know you. Oh, my pleasure. Really, um, I just been love so talking fun.
1: with you. Yeah, you're just a gem. Thank
0: you. Oh, thank you, Rachel. And Liberty listeners, thank you guys for taking the time to hang out with Rachel and I today. And we will have all of Rachel's information and her handle so you can follow all of her tips on her Instagram uh, in the show notes. And we will come back this time next week and talk to you guys soon. Take care. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty Road is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham and music by Jordan
1: Flower.